Welcome to the Accessible Learning Experience, where we help you turn learning barriers into learning opportunities. In this episode, we're joined by Allison Robinson and Lisa Prince from Oklahoma AbleTech and Stephanie Rowe from Oklahoma's Department of Rehabilitation Services. They discuss how their respective agencies are working together to improve accessibility for all job seekers in Oklahoma. This includes the development and implementation of a five-star rubric that will guide continuous improvement on accessibility for workforce development agencies, which they'll describe in this episode. Allison, Liz, and Stephanie share valuable insights for other states or agencies looking to take a similar approach to improve accessibility in their workforce development programs. Here's our conversation with Allison, Lisa, and Stephanie. Let's start by having each of you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your background in accessibility. How about we start with you, Allison? Hi, Luis. Thanks for having me. I am actually an assistant director for Oklahoma Able Tech, and we're located at Oklahoma State University. Um, my background is actually as a speech pathologist. That is what brought me to the organization. And I've had an emphasis on helping people with complex communication needs, helping them access and acquire the things that they need and be more independent. So over the last 10 years at this organization, uh, my shift and focus has really, it's, it's changed. So instead of helping people just maybe one-on-one consulting, helping them find assistive technology solutions. Um, It's actually really broadened uh, in the term accessibility um, and it's become more programmatic. So a lot of what I'm getting to do now is helping organizations and agencies create policy and practices around accessibility Um, So that we're talking more systems change instead of uh, focusing as much on maybe helping that single person um, do what they're doing. So that is probably the quickest way I can give you my background uh, with accessibility. And Lisa, you work with Allison at AbleTech. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do? Yes. Hi, Luis. Um, And thanks again for having us as well. Um, my path into accessibility is a little bit by accident, I would say. Uh, when I was a student at the University of Oklahoma, I uh, was actually in information studies. That was my major. And uh, we had a little bit of a, a mention in one of our courses about either Section 508 or disabilities in general. And uh, that keyword is actually what piqued my interest in a student job. Uh, at the University of Oklahoma, where I was hired to do rich media accessibility uh, remediation, basically. So I worked with PDF and Word documents and all of that. So my background, uh, like I mentioned, is kind of in information studies, and I ended up getting my master's in library and information science and was working full-time at the University of Oklahoma, kind of doing accessibility kind of on the side, and then eventually uh, worked my way into a full-time accessibility position at Oklahoma Able Tech about three and a half years ago. So my path is a little bit uh, strange, but I also feel like that's not super unique in the accessibility field. You are so right. There's so many different paths that you can follow and end up working in accessibility. And with us, we also have Stephanie Rowe from Oklahoma's Department of Rehabilitation Services. Hi, yes. Thank you so much for including me in this podcast. Um, I am Stephanie Rowe, and I am the project coordinator for the Oklahoma Department of Rehabilitation Services. We are a combined agency serving individuals with disabilities in Oklahoma through vocational rehabilitation programs and services for the blind and visually impaired. 
And my role is really um, a coordinator of all things, it seems like, um, in my role. But I really work directly with the Oklahoma workforce system and the multitude of partners that encompass that system here in Oklahoma. So I would say my um, background with accessibility is really to advocate on the importance of accessibility and 508 compliance, not only um, for the individuals with disabilities that we serve directly through our agency, but also those uh, who may be accessing other services within the workforce development system. And so that's uh, probably my perspective and background on my role. Thank you, Stephanie. Allison, can you tell us about AbleTech and the work you do for Oklahomans who need accessibility support? What does AbleTech do to create different circumstances for individuals who need accessible materials and technologies? That is a great question. And AbleTech has so many programs and services. Um, so I'll start by telling you a little bit about what AbleTech is, and then I can dive deeper into the accessibility support part of it. So AbleTech is what's called an Assistive Technology Act program. There is a program like ours in every state and U.S. territory. So um, we all have the same mission, and it's to serve individuals with disabilities of all ages in all environments. So we're talking um, education, employment, and in the community. We're to do that all over the state. So it's a big mission and a big charge. And our goal is to help people access and acquire assistive technology devices and services. Uh, that's basically to help them do something they otherwise couldn't do, or maybe something that would have been just difficult for them to do. Um, so they're looking for AT devices and services to help them. That's the broad mission, um, which does include accessibility. But when you dive deeper into what we're doing to help Oklahomans and provide them accessibility support, the two things that really come to mind are training and technical assistance. So training is we're going to help you increase your skills, your knowledge, your practices related to accessibility. So we're very busy with that. And then the other thing that we do a lot is provide technical assistance. And these are pr pretty uniquely defined by the Assistive Technology Act, but technical assistance is going to be focusing on systems change. So we wanna be working with agencies and organizations on the creation of policy and practice, the implementation of that. And I'll tell you more kind of as we go on, but basically through a really amazing opportunity, AbleTech was able to help advocate for passage of a law, and it actually passed in 2004, that wrote AbleTech in as the provider of training and technical assistance on this topic for all state agencies, institutions of higher education and the career tech centers. So we had our AT Act mission to be doing these things. And then there was actually passage of a law that put it in place and it basically is so big that our work will, I'm sure never be done, but that is probably the best way to describe our support to our accessibility support for Oklahomans. And Allison, a number of times you've mentioned the need for systems change. 
and we know how important it is to bring together a number of different players uh, to work together in coordination and collaboration to ensure that you know all different parts of the system are communicating and coordinating. And so I know that you've been working uh, with Stephanie's agency. As you mentioned, you work with a number of agencies. Stephanie, how did you start working with AbleTech? And what brought your agency and AbleTech together? Well, as Allison mentioned, that AbleTech is the um, Technology Act program for the state of Oklahoma. So DRS has had a long-standing partnership with AbleTech um, just for enhancing the provision of assistive technology services across the state. But I would really say um, that our partnership really strengthened and expanded beginning in about 2014 with the development of the Access for All initiative. And Access for All was really created as a joint partnership between DRS and AbleTech to increase knowledge and provide resources to enhance the accessibility of the workforce system. So we developed this partnership um, in anticipation of WIOA. And as we all know, or maybe some don't, WIOA was passed in 2014. And WIOA really strengthened the language of including individuals with disabilities to build a more inclusive workforce system. And so this partnership, like I said, really started to kind of build off of the need for that and expanding our partnership to get this initiative off the ground. So this initiative really set the state strategy for the accessibility of the workforce system. And then AbleTech is also providing programmatic technology accessibility details within this partnership. And so we started in 2014, and then here we are still uh, partnering, to, partnering together for the restructure of the Access for All certification into an expanded five-level STAR framework. And I know Liz is going to talk a little bit more about what that means now, but we've come a long way since we started this partnership, and we're happy to still be partnering together on this important um, initiative here in Oklahoma. And Stephanie, before I turn it over to Lisa, can you explain for our listeners what WIOA is? Yeah, so it stands for the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act, and it was actually passed in 2014 by President Obama, and it was a bipartisan measure um, to establish core programs within states that focused on workforce development strategy in a nutshell. Thank you, Stephanie. So I understand this partnership continues to this day, and I know that you have a very exciting initiative. So Lisa, can you give us a description of the five-star rubric? What is it? What's the purpose of it? How did it come about? As Stephanie mentioned, it is a uh, the Access for All process started back in 2014, and there was uh, already kind of a, an evaluation process, but it was basically pass or fail. And what it was evaluating was both physical and digital accessibility. So what we've kind of done in the last few years is revamp this into this five-star rubric that still measures uh, physical and digital accessibility, but it's kind of uh, based on a continuous improvement model. So instead of, you know, that strict, you know, you're passing, you're failing, we actually let these organizations uh, see it kind of on a continuum. So we measure based on four categories. Those four categories are customer service, training, outreach, and physical accessibility. 
The scores uh, range from one star to five star, uh, with one being the lowest and five being the highest. And one is basically compliance. So I won't uh, list all of the different uh, names of our star ratings, but one is compliance, five is proactive. So if you, can, you think of it a different way, one being compliance is kind of like the bare minimum. So we're just meeting uh, the, the basic minimum of accessibility, and that's what we expect out of every group that goes through this. And then five is proactive. So that's really meaning really that our systems are put in place to maintain and ensure that accessibility is always considered in whatever interaction happens uh, with a person wanting job resources and a workforce job center. So uh, whether that be digital or, or physical or virtual, <laughs> however you wanna break that down. Um, and the purpose of the, the tool is really uh, to help job centers know how they're doing and what they need to improve on. Like I said, it's based on continuous improvement. And as those of us who work in the accessibility space know, accessibility is never done. So this model really fits accessibility better than that pass or fail mentality in that model. And, and also, if you kind of think about, uh, you know, maybe physical accessibility, sometimes there are physical issues that maybe a landlord can't fix at these job centers. So it really, um, I think, helps these job centers uh, to feel like they have somewhere to go rather than just you know being told, hey, you're doing everything absolutely wrong, you're failing. Um, so it kind of gives them a little bit more room to move around. And I think it also really uh, makes sure to kind of build that culture. You know, so we're, we have, we know where we're going or we, where we've been and we kind of know where we're going. And then um, the other side of that coin is those of us in the task force that have um, helped build this star accessibility, uh, framework. It helps us know what gaps we need to fill. It helps us know um, what training we need to provide. And a big part of what we're providing as part of this process is a, a course catalog. So these job centers can actually go and um, take training on physical and digital accessibility, as well as other elements of this process and, and know kind of better how to, how to move forward. That's so important. The point that you made with that with accessibility, it really is a journey. And at various points in that journey, we want to make sure we know where we are and how far we have to go in terms of the goal that we're trying to accomplish. So this rubric definitely helps with that. As you mentioned, this rubric is going to be part of a continuous improvement process. So how do you hope that the rubric will be used in implementation? The rubric is going to be used by local workforce boards to measure measure that physical digital accessibility as well as monitor it and move forward. So the, um, and it's actually already been used uh, by, uh, by these groups for one year too. So we're kind of in the process of learning that and figuring that out. So we actually have some more information to tell you about that um, as we go along here. But um, the, the local workforce boards, there are six of them in our state and they each uh, gather an assessment team that they send out to each of their job centers to perform this assessment with this rubric. So that's going to happen every two years. And uh, it was intended to happen last year, but unfortunately with the pandemic that was put off another year. So this was actually their first year to, um, to do that. And I, I kind of wanted to point out too, we had quite a variety of different partners that were assembled by these local workforce boards. We actually had 42 different evaluation team members that were included from a range of partners. It was awesome to see how they kind of, you know, use the flexibility we provided with the framework to, to gather these partners that would work really well for their 
uh, job centers. And we also, we'll see the number for that is 26 job centers that were evaluated. So that's kind of how it's being used. And they're basically sending that into the Office of Workforce Development once they're done with the assessment. And then we're evaluating it as a task force team and kind of using it, like I said, to move forward. There's a lot of work that goes into putting this kind of effort together. So I would love to hear from each of you, uh, both Able Tech and from Stephanie's side, uh, what's one insight that you've gained from working together on this effort? I would say from uh, my perspective, uh, Lissa kind of focused on this a little bit earlier about that accessibility really is never done. Um, it's always something that you're working towards every day. And so I think one insight from my perspective, just from kind of where we've been to where we are now, is just that that focus on accessibility specifically for job seekers that are accessing services in our state, um, that focus really has to change and evolve to keep the importance of ensuring that access for all is met in Oklahoma. And so one of those, I, I guess I would say also advice for other states would really just to be that you really, it's imperative to have a state level buy-in with this type of initiative, you know, we started this partnership through Able Tech and DRS, but eventually we did have the state level buy-in and they are a, a full partner of ours in implementing this throughout Oklahoma. I think that's imperative whenever you want to have success with implementing something like this. And then also making sure that you really include all of your stakeholders and people that may potentially be involved in the process to get um, feedback and information directly for developing something like this and making sure that it's working as intended. Um, that was something that we really made sure we got a lot of input in the process on the way, and we still are gathering it now about how that process has worked um, after our phase one. So that would be a, f a few pieces of advice uh, just from my perspective in implementing an initiative like this. And Lisa and Allison, how about from AbleTech's perspective? What are some insights that you would share? Uh, well, Stephanie kind of mentioned, you know, getting the buy-in and everything. And I, I did go ahead and mention in my, you know, overview of the, the rubric itself, uh, the evaluation team members that we had. But I wanted to kind of just mention, like, where those were from. Oklahoma Employment Security Commission, we had local board staff, local board members, and elected official service provider staff and the Department of Rehabilitation Services also provided. So you can see that's really illustrating that collaboration that took place and that buy-in that took place. And I think that's what made it successful um, this first round. And of course we have, you know, room for improvement. That was the whole point of it. Um, and so I think my second point would say, you know, don't expect perfection right off the bat. This is something that we're gonna continue to uh, learn from and evolve with and, uh, you know, continue making it more and more useful for uh, the groups that we are working with. I can add a small one. Um, this takes time. So a lot of the work that goes into accessibility, it's probably the initiative we do that takes the longest amount of time to show the greatest gain. And you just have to stick with it. So when I was talking earlier about basically passing a law that had Able Tech providing training and technical assistance, we were talking years uh, to even have that passed to then 10 years later be at the point to be collaborating with Access for All. So 
it it doesn't often happen quickly, but if you if you know the vision and the mission and you're getting the buy-in um, and everybody's, you know, going for that same goal, I think you can get there. Um, you just have to, it's the long game. Yeah, it takes a lot of patience and it takes time sometimes to develop the relationships that you need, right, to get this kind of work in place and get it really optimized and working at, at a high level. Is there anything else you would like um, people to know about uh, this work or related to this work that you're doing? The one thing I will add to this one is that we are always open to sharing. So whenever people are interested to know more about the rubric or to learn about how we got where we are, uh, we're happy to share that information with others so that they can use it as a model um, to then you know do what's best maybe for their state. So uh, we're always happy to share. And I'm happy to hear that you are part of a national cohort, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Oklahoma is excited and proud to be a part of the AIM cohort. We got the opportunity a year ago to really dive deeper into accessibility and accessible educational materials and see what we could do in Oklahoma um, really across the lifespan. And so actually what the cohort has enabled us to do is to connect with other states, so the six other states who are participating, and share ideas back and forth about what's going on in Missouri or what's going on in Oregon. Here's how we're doing that in Oklahoma. And when it's come to these topics of accessibility in the workforce arena, people have been so receptive within the co cohort to receive that information. They, it, It's like a best kept secret. And so I've been so excited that Lissa has been involved in participating and sharing about it because we just, we do, we want others to gain from the things that we've learned. And the work was started so many years ago. It's a great point that we're at being in the AIM cohort for four years and then sharing where we're at right now as we continue. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I've just recently kind of joined into the uh, AIM cohort uh, myself, so I'm kind of newer to that <laughs> arena, but, you know, getting into the workforce development meetings, and I'm also in the higher ed group as well, um, but getting into the workforce development meetings, I'm I'm very excited that we were able to share this kind of work with, with you all, you know, because it has been such a long time. And like I said, I only came into Able Tech about three and a half years ago, and this was already a process that was well underway, and I could tell how much work had already gone into it. And I could tell that it had a lot of potential to move forward. And I'm really excited to be a part of it in the way that I am now. But yeah, it's, it's uh, like Allison said, something we really are you know interested in sharing. And I know that the more we're able to work with other states too, the more we'll be able to, you know, adjust and change what, what we're doing as well. So, you know, it's teamwork makes the dream work, right? Um, <laughs> so that's a, that's a great part of being part of the cohort. And I've already enjoyed that just in my few months uh, that I've been involved so far. And we definitely enjoy having you be part of the cohort. And we appreciate how generous you all are in Oklahoma with sharing your resources and your knowledge. So looking ahead, what's next in this process? Can you share with us what your vision is for the future? Yeah, so we currently are in discussion because we just finished up our phase one evaluations um, that really gave us that uh, benchmark score and some things to start looking at from a task force perspective of how that process went and what we need to kind of adjust or adapt to moving forward. 
And right now we are currently looking at how we're going to develop the phase two, uh, specifically with policy development related to this process and sustaining that evaluation process that we really set up through that rubric process. So that's what we're working on now. And then we're also working to implement the course catalog and training materials that go along with this initiative. And we've got some working groups that are actually developing a, a plan to implement a learning management system as well as the training that will go into that with this initiative. So those are our immediate next steps. And hopefully those we're expecting to be out in early 2022. And the work will continue from there. Well, I think Stephanie really hit the nail on the head with that. Um, I was actually thinking as you were asking that question um, about the training that we're developing, that's really been a big focus here at Able Tech recently. Yeah, we're focusing on building these uh, self-paced training courses to help folks learn about, you know, everything ranging from how to build an accessible Word document to how to test your website for web accessibility. So, you know, the gamut of accessibility training. And that is, uh, of course, going to be really important in this process. So from the Able Tech side, I think that's, you know, I, I know that's not so much a timeline or anything uh, as far as your question went, but that's definitely where we're going to head. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing the, the need for as we're getting these self-assessments in and reviewing them and seeing what they need. You know, we it's something that's very valuable. And we already have some training out there right now, but it's, um, a little bit outdated and, and needs to be kind of moved into a new system. So pumped, absolutely pumped to get this training out and running um, so that these folks can actually use it for their needs and, and not have to, you know, come to us all the time and say, hey, will you will you do a training for us? It'll just be there when they're ready. So that'll be awesome. I think you're right. That's going to be awesome. And it's so great to have both components, right? So you have this rubric that really uh, helps um, agencies evaluate where they are. And then you have the training and support in place so that they can plan for getting where they want to be. So I think this is a really exciting process. So you've mentioned continuous improvement. You mentioned systemic change. And that doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes patience. So would you be willing in the future episode to come back and share your progress and share a little bit more of your process as you roll this out? Absolutely. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we'd be happy to. I think it'll be really interesting to see how things progress uh, as the years go on. And we're more than happy to come back on and share what we've learned. Excellent. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. We would love to have you back on another episode. So as we wrap things up, um, how can people follow your work for both of your agencies uh, so that they can keep track of what's happening in your state and learn from it? People who are interested in learning more about uh, Oklahoma Able Tech and the Oklahoma Department of Rehabilitation Services can go right to our websites. Able Techs is okay abletech.org and DRS is, is okdrs.gov. So as those course catalogs and other resources are available, those will be found on our website. And I would also like to add a quick um, plug for the website for oklahomaworks.gov. They also keep a lot of resources on their website related to the Access for All initiative. Um, and we'll have several things as our work continues to develop posted on their website as well. 
Thank you so much for joining us, Allison, Lisa, and Stephanie. And we look forward to following the great work that you'll continue to do in Oklahoma to make sure that workforce opportunities are available to all Oklahomans. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Accessible Learning Experience, brought to you by the National Center on Accessible Educational Materials at CAST. You can find us on the web at aem.cast.org. There you'll find show notes with links to all of the resources mentioned on each episode. Thanks again for listening, and remember, accessibility is everyone's responsibility. Contents of this podcast were developed under a cooperative agreement with the U.S. Department of Education. However, those contents do not necessarily represent the policy of the U.S. Department of Education, and you should not assume endorsement by the federal government.